This is One in 54, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. One in 54 is a weekly show devoted to topics related to autism spectrum disorder. Good morning and welcome to One in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And this morning, I am speaking with two of my colleagues from Anderson, Tracy Schober, Senior Admissions Administrator, and Tom Hamill, who is the Admissions uh, admissions Assistant. Sorry about that, Tom. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Uh, it's my pleasure. So um, obviously we've worked together for a long time and um, this is the first time we've been able to have you both on the show and talking to us about um, all things related to admissions. Um, but I'd like to start by asking you both to just tell us a little bit about who you are, how long you've been with Anderson, um, and maybe touch on some of the things that you do uh, when you're while you're here. So um, Tracy, you want to start? Sure. Uh, Thank you for having us on the show. Uh, A little bit about myself. My background is in human services and education. I have degrees in recreation leadership, physical education, a master's in public administration, and I'm currently pursuing my doctorate in public administration. I started at Anderson Center for Autism in March 2011 um, as the admissions administrator, which was the only staff at that time in the department. And we have grown since then. Uh, From 2014 to 2017, I also assumed the role of overseeing the Medicaid service coordination department, which I I learned a lot um, about service coordination and different services in the field. In 2015, excuse me, we expanded the admissions department and added another admissions administrator. And then in 2016, we expanded again, adding an admissions assistant, Tom, uh, who's joining us today, which allowed for um, an additional expansion for outreach. Uh, In 2019, um, I received the title that I have now as the senior admissions administrator. Uh, Overseeing the outreach for the organization requires me to have a really robust schedule, a lot of traveling to ensure that our mission is recognized at a national level. Uh, So that is a piece of the job that I do as well. And the admission team works together from near and far to connect with parents, ed consultants, attorneys, psychologists, and many other professionals uh, that we touch when we're um, what we call on the road, quote unquote. Um, And we have seen our work maximized over the last several years. uh, And it's evident through the increase in our national and international inquiries and referrals. So that's a little bit about um, me and what we're doing in admissions. And one other thing I'd like to add is that in 2021, after several years of outreach, uh, we sort of have dubbed ourselves proudly the national outreach team. Um, And I do emphasize the word team in that um, because without the support of Tom and um, another individual that was in our department over the last several years, we would not have been able to achieve the level of success that we have had and the connections that we have made. Awesome. That is the speed dating version, right, Tracy? I know know some of the conferences and and, um, events that you attend on representing Anderson have this sort of speed dating um, aspect to them where you meet a lot of people and do networking that way. And so um, this is the first time I think I've gotten a chance to hear you do it. Very good. You've covered all angles. I want to, I guess, just interrupt for a second and thank you for your 10 years of service at Anderson. Congratulations, because I think 2021 is your 10th anniversary year. So awesome for that. And um, and also point out that you've had uh, an opportunity to, um, and, and you've really pursued all the opportunities that are here at Anderson to further your educational 
um, you know, reach your goals. And, and so congratulations on your master's and on getting into your uh, PhD program. Um, that's just a shout out also to an opportunity to, to shout out our career, career tracks and our educational incentives and scholarship programs here at Anderson. We do, um, whenever possible, try to support uh, our team members in pursuing those types of educational goals. And I'm thrilled to see that you're one of the people who's done that. Um, I think, Tom, you might have some some uh, some additional comments to make there on that point, but let's throw it to you. Tell us how long you've been here and what you've done, because I know you've done a few different things here at Anderson. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, thanks for having us again. Um, I've been at Anderson, actually, this past May is going to be 13 years, so I've been in here for quite a while. Um, when I started at Anderson, I actually started um, in uh, residential. I was a direct support professional. Um, I assumed a couple different roles in residential. I was a shift supervisor for a brief period of time. I, I went to our adult program for a brief period of time. Um, and then fast forward to 2016, uh, this opportunity in the admissions department had come up and I thought it'd be a great opportunity because it kind of you know, I, I kind of pride myself on great customer service, and I knew that there's that aspect of it. Also, the interaction with families and students. So it seemed like a perfect opportunity. So I interviewed, and, and fortunately, I did get the position. Um, and so for the last almost five years, I've been in the department as the admissions assistant. Um, and I really enjoy, I, I enjoy the collaboration we have um, with Tracy, um, with, with um, my, you know, our former colleague, Colleen, um, and just, you know, being that first point of contact with families. I mean, this is arguably probably one of the hardest decisions families will have to make, um, you know, coming to the determination that they'll have to, you know, that they want to place their loved one in the care, you know, uh, of an organization like Anderson. So being that first point of contact and that support, um, and going through the process with families is something, you know, that I really enjoy and take great pride in. So, um, yeah, I'm excited, um, you know, for all the opportunities, the national outreach opportunities, which we'll, I'm sure we'll get into, um, and just all the opportunities that Anderson has to offer. And I look forward to many, many more years um, here at Anderson, too. So that's great. Glad to hear that. Um, you also mentioned your your uh, former colleague, Colleen, who I know was a member of the uh, admissions team for several years um, and is now the family liaison. But I think it's important for our listeners, many of whom are Anderson uh, families, to know that the collaboration and communication between the two of you and Colleen now in her role as family liaison are, is still really there and very important. So um, so just wanted to, to note that for clarification. Um, okay. So Tom, you, you touched on something that I have talked about probably for the whole time that I've been here too, because of uh, my interaction with families over the years and being a part of the admissions team for, um, for a good part of those years, um, which is the difficult decision that, uh, that families face when they are at a point could be for, for many different reasons where they're either contemplating or making a final decision on the fact that they need to uh, or are going to place their child in a residential program, um, which is usually what brings them to Anderson. Um, what are some of the ways, and either one of you can answer this or but maybe both of you, but what are some of the things that you think or that you you have, you purposely do, the decisions that you think about as you're thinking about working with families um, that you do on purpose, that you think maybe set Anderson sets Anderson apart, or provides a, a welcoming environment for families who are probably 
going through a tremendous amount of emotion, um, maybe getting conflicting advice from lots of different parties about whether this is the right thing or not, um, and have a lot of questions. What are some of the things that you that you do on purpose to try to proactively address uh, address those things? Well, I, I would actually love to start off with that question. And then Tom, please feel free to jump in. Um, I can say both from myself and Tom's perspective that we love interacting with families. Our goal in the admissions department is to provide information that is going to be helpful um, for families to, prov- to find appropriate services and supports for their family member on the spectrum. Um, sometimes this means telling families that we are maybe not the most appropriate placement for their family member. And that is something that I think we we definitely look to make sure parents are aware of as we're giving them information about us. And, you know, it's such a difficult decision. We want to make sure that they are aware of all of the options out there because it's not about Anderson Center for Autism. It's about what's the most appropriate placement for a student to optimize their quality of life, which fits in with our mission. And so, um, you know, letting parents know about our parent professional partnerships, the transparency between um, our staff and parents, um, we, we give in detail the uh, overview of the admissions process. So those are just a couple of things that we might start off with when we're talking about parents. And one of really more importantly is that we will listen to the families and really take in um, what it is that they are looking for from an organization. Great. Tom, what would you add to that in terms of yeah, your actually, it was a families? it was a perfect transition because I was going to say just being a good listener. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's such a, like I, I've had other roles in in customer service kind of oriented fields too, and just being a good listener and listening to their story. You know, I've had families that have contacted me that I've had very brief conversations with, but also I've had you know <laughs> uh, very very lengthy conversations. And families, first and foremost, just appreciate the time that you give them. You know, mm-hmm. um, and like Tracy said, you know, even if that even if um, that student ultimately might not be an appropriate match for Anderson, just um, you know, offering you know suggestions and advice and just being that you know listener is it goes a really really long way. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that is um, all of what you've both said is really the definition of, of customer service, of excellence and customer service and stewardship, in my view. Um, and and I, I hear the same things. And I think uh, while we won't get into detail because the stories are, are too many to share, um, I know and I want to thank you both for, for what you do because the, the responses and, and sometimes the follow-up emails or phone calls that I know you both receive uh, and sometimes share with a, a broader group of us in terms of what that meant for the families, even the ones who do not end up coming to Anderson, um, really does to me uh, represent one of the things that sets Anderson apart. And and you all being first point of contact for so many families, um, that is just incredibly important and um, and a huge part of our mission. Um, you start optimizing quality of life for families basically at day one. So so appreciate that. Um, we're going to take a short break. I, I told you this was going to go fast, so we're we're uh, going to finish up the first half, and then we're going to get into when we come back from our break. I'd like to just have you guys go over. Um, generally who we serve, um, just in case maybe there's somebody listening who's considering uh, reaching out to Anderson or asking their school district to reach out to Anderson for their loved one. And then I'd love to hear more about this national outreach and how that's going and why, um, 
you know, how it kind of fits into, into the community that we currently have here at Anderson. So this is one in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and we'll be right back. I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. And school sports have it down to a science. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in New York. This message presented by the New York State Public High School Athletic Association and the New York State Athletic Administrators Association. If a natural disaster comes knocking, how prepared is your family? You can't just close the door on earthquakes, floods, or hurricanes and hope they go away. That's why it's important to make a plan now. Ready.gov plan has the tools and tips you need to prepare your family for an emergency. So if disaster shows up at your doorstep, you'll be ready. Visit ready.gov plan and make a plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. And now 1 in 54 continues on 100.7 WHUD. This is a weekly community affairs program presented by the Anderson Center for Autism. Welcome back to 1 in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism, autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and I'm talking with my colleagues here at Anderson, Tracy Schober and Tom Hamill from our amazing admissions team slash national outreach team. Um, so so as I said before the break, I just wanted to, to start off the second half with a quick overview of um, who we serve at Anderson and just for, just for the person who might be uh, not as knowledgeable about our population and what we do. So to whoever wants to take that away. I, well, certainly, I, I know it very well. I mean, so does Tracy, but I will take that one. <laughs> All right, Tom. Um, so, yeah, so in our children's program, um, we serve students ages five through 21. Um, in order for a student to be considered for our program, um, they do have to have that autism diagnosis, but we do serve students that have other diagnoses in addition to their autism. Um, you know, when we're talking about, um, and this is only one measure of a, you know, a student certainly, but when we're talking about um, IQ scores, typically, um, you know, students have um, adaptive scores between 40 and 60 or IQ scores under 70. Um, all of our students we serve here are alternatively assessed. Um, so, you know, upon completing um, our program at 21, they would receive an alternatively assessed certificate. Um, our students are below grade level. Typically, when they've graduated our program at 21, we're looking at um, typically between a second and fifth grade academic level. Um, and just to note, we do serve students with challenges, um, you know, uh, students who have, you know, aggressive behaviors, um, self-injurious behaviors, um, things, things like that. So, um, you know, that's just a brief, you know, what I kind of call the elevator speech, but uh, that's just a brief overview of our typical student profile. But again, looking at a referral, um, you know, diving in deeper, but that's just, you know, a brief, brief uh, capture. Great. All right. Thank you for that. Um, and I just want to reiterate, I think it would be fair to say that if somebody's listening and maybe caught part of that or still isn't sure, the two of you are people who would happily entertain a phone call or an email from somebody asking that very same question, right? This is not a question or an answer that gets repetitive or old for you to respond to. Not at all. I'm happy to have the conversation. 
All right, great. So always be- better safe than sorry. If you uh, if you have a loved one on the autism spectrum and you're looking for services for that loved one, um, please always feel free to reach out to us. I, I agree with what Tracy said in the beginning of the interview, which is um, one of the things in addition to providing direct service that we pride ourselves on is also being a resource. When you This goes back to my early days here when we were transitioning from Anderson School to Anderson Center for Autism. If you call yourself a center, you have to be able to um, to, to know of other resources that are might be available and helpful to families. And, and we love doing that. So excellent. Okay. Uh, Tracy, talk to us about national outreach. Why, where, when, um, you know, how is that going and, and how did it come to be? So um, serving people beyond New York is really in keeping with our mission. Uh, optimizing quality of life uh, really doesn't stop at the New York state border. Uh, it's a, and it's also a global mission, not just a, a New York state national, but it's global. Uh, in correspondence with community members from, uh, you know, uh, really across a, a full span of locations, we understand that quality of life is important, uh, not only to the individuals with autism, but the individuals who support them, whether it's a family member or another program or an organization. Um, we know that not everyone is going to be able to come to Anderson and our campus. Um, so, you know, in that respect, we provide information. The admissions department provides information about other services that answer that Anderson offers um, through Anderson Center Consulting and Anderson Center International. Uh, those programs can offer additional opportunities for optimizing quality of life as well uh, for individuals throughout the U.S. and the world. One of the things that we do when we are going out into um, the different areas of the United States and different conferences and events is really um, doing something similar to uh, what Tom described when we are connecting with parents and um, telling individuals about what um, what services we have, um, how those services might impact an individual, um, connecting with parents, that transparency. Um, you know, we are really out and about and busy one of the things that we are doing also from a national perspective is uh, we are almost complete with our self-guided tour platform, which yeah. will be um, coming to our website very soon. I would be looking for that in September for anyone interested in really having a very deep dive into seeing what our campus program is all about. Uh, it provides um, 360 views of the different locations on campus. So I, I wanted to make sure that uh, in, in this interview, we touched on that because it's really going to be a, a really great piece to be able to have individuals uh, come back to our website to see. Um, but the national outreach perspective really helps us to be recognized uh, by families and providers throughout the U.S. so that we can uh, hopefully impact individuals' lives and provide them a resource um, to look to us for us to be able to then provide them maybe that that next location they can go to that might even be closer to their home or to contract with us to provide services uh, potentially remotely. Great overview. Once again, thank you. And yes, the self-guided tour is coming soon. Please check our website, which is andersoncenterforautism.org. Uh, uh, you know, 
this month, September. Um, it should it should go live. And uh, in this era of digital everything, I think you'll find um, a lot of information on our website, including contact information for Tom and Tracy uh, and the ability to uh, sign up for virtual tours and then the self-guided tour, which is coming soon, as well as pictures, testimonials, and uh, some narratives about all the services that we do provide. So thank you for that, Tracy. Tom, you, I know, have worked directly with some of the families uh, that we serve now from states other than New York. And let's also be clear, we still are serving children and adults from New York State. Uh, this is not an either or, this is both. So, um, but but I know that you've worked closely with some families who've um, who've made the choice to have their child come here, even from as far away as California, literally across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the things that stand out to you when you're talking with these families? Uh, do you do you get the impression that the experience is similar to the experience that somebody from closer, geographically closer to Anderson's campus might be? Or is there an additional layer that you end up talking with families about when it comes to the distance piece? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think there's definitely a different layer when it comes to the distance. Um, I mean, like you had said, um, you know, we serve several students um, currently from California um, and, um, you know, California is across, you know, across the country. So, um, you know, not only in addition to what I, you know, do with with any family connecting with them initially and going through that process with them. But I think it's really important, especially for some of our national um, families to, um, you know, to connect a lot with other families as well. And, 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 you know, and now we've, um, you know, we have, um, you know, we currently serve, um, you know, around eight national students currently. So we have a lot of families that are, especially our national students that are willing to connect, um, uh, you know, with other um, families that are going through the process and just hearing um, their perspective of things is definitely helpful. But, the, um, but to answer your question, I mean, uh, I think distance pay, plays, you know, a key role. So, you know, it's, um, you know, and I, to think the best way to answer that but it definitely plays a key role and 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 something different that you know some families that you know that might live very close to us you know that they don't necessarily experience because they're so close to our campus and visiting and all that kind of stuff it's not always feasible for some of our national families to be able to travel to um anderson as maybe as often as they'd like so um you know there's distance definitely plays um a factor but again you know just, um, you know, spending a lot of time with them, connecting them with other um, families really, you know, really puts their mind at ease, um, you know, for, you know, this important decision. Well, I think you answered that beautifully, Tom. I also think that sometimes the, um, I think one of the reasons why the two of you really are representative of such amazing customer service for these families and such, and, and that you get that feedback that it was so nice to talk to you. I know that these families, even once they sent and you have their child here, stay in touch with you um, when they're through the admissions process. And I think that happens primarily because you're open to learning. So like the whole experience of working with national families probably has gotten you to think and change a little bit about the way that you respond to all families, because it's like another, that other layer, that new factor. If, if you stay in your, in your lane, so to speak, and you're not open to changing the way you work with families or communicate with people, when when the circumstances are changing, that can sometimes become a negative. But I think that that you don't do that. And that's that's a real positive, both for the family's experience. And I would assume also for your experience, just keeping keeping work interesting um, and, and ever evolving. 
Um, Tracy, I think you had one more thing you had to say, but we're down to two minute warning. So I want to kind of wrap up a little bit um, as we as we finish this conversation up. Go ahead, Trace. I, I just wanted to um, sort of piggyback off of what you were saying. Um, I think that um, being emotionally intelligent as well as culturally mm -hmm. competent is really uh, a large piece of our admissions department, as, as well as that collaboration with our family liaison and our case managers. Uh, and so, um, you know, something to add on to what Tom was saying about the relationship with uh, parents, uh, whether they're from uh, a state farther away or right here in our own backyard uh, in New York. Um, some of the things that we do with connecting with families like our meet and greets um, are, are virtual. Uh, COVID has really changed the way we have interact with families so that if you are farther away, we've been able to really make everyone feel like they are part of the Anderson family and um, they're welcomed right from the start. I love that. I love that. And I see it every day. And I think that when we air this, um, there's going to be a lot of recognition and a lot of commentary from families that have worked with you through the process um, who are going to be cheering you on and um, and sort of re-experiencing the positive uh, time that they had working with you as they as they came more, I guess, physically into the Anderson family and community. So um, so just thank you both for being on the show, for sharing, um, albeit a, a brief one, but an overview of what you do in admissions and why you do it and how long you've been here. I think you're both an invaluable members of the Anderson team, and I appreciate having the opportunity to work with you and having had years of, of working even closer with you. So thank you for what you do at Anderson, and um, thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Thanks Eliza. This is One in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski. And remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to One in 54, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. Join us for another edition of the show at the same time next week. 